You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio talk show. Welcome aboard, gang, as we rock through our final hour of this Saturday's show. And it has been awesome. I will say that myself just because of the guests that we have. And coming up in just a couple minutes, it's going to carry on with our awesomeness. Robin O'Brien is with us, uh, author of the book, The Unhealthy Truth how our food is making us sick and what we can do about it. And I'll tell you, the book is incredible because it's going to tell us some things we don't want to know. I'm going to tell you right up front. About 90% of the food we eat is crap. It's crap. It's crap. The food that we consume as Americans is absolute crap. Now, the good news is there's 20% of food that we don't eat that much that we could start eating more of. That would make us healthy, but the food that we eat makes us sick. Robin is incredible the way she outlines it in this book, and she even gives you, uh, in the back of it, there's some options. Instead of this, eat this, which I thought was very health- helpful, it's kind of like Granimals. Do you remember that? Do you remember Granimals? Like, I always wish they made Granimals for adults, you know, because I just don't like to think, does this go with this? Does this shirt go with this jacket? Blah, 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 blah. I wish they would have done that for for adults, whenever I, I see kids with granimals, I was always jealous, you know? Like, damn, I wish I could have granimals for adults. Well, it's kind of like, okay, put this and this. And what she's done in the back of the book is she said, instead of this, here's a healthier choice. It may not even be optimal, but it's a way to get you away from some of the stuff that is absolutely killing us. As you can tell, I'm really excited, excited to have this woman on because... It speaks to my heart, and I'll be educated just like you are. So that'll be great. Broadcasting out of uh, Studio E in Los Angeles, California, every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, on XM Satellite Radio 168. And for your friends that may not have XM yet, you can have them listen to us via the Internet live, talkdavid.com celebrating 21 years in talk radio, and we're just so happy that you've chosen to share a little bit of your time with us. A question came in before we get to our guest, Robin. I wanted to hit this email quickly uh, because it, it affects a lot of people right now about what are the most powerful questions to ask during an interview. And I'm going to give you just three quick ones. Re- I'm going to make it so simple, but here's the mistake we make when we go on a job interview is we have to forget we've got to interview them. So many times we go in with almost kind of like, you know, this outrageous appreciation that they've taken the time to interview us, and that's great. There's We should have appreciation for that. But we need to find out some really good information from the potential person hiring us for many, many reasons. But the first one, what are the expectations for the job? This is a great question to ask the person hiring you. So you sit there with your pad of paper and pen, and you've got these questions in front of you, and you say right off the bat, you know, this is great. You know, I I saw the ad online, or my friend told me about the job, whatever it might be. I want to write down all the expectations you have for this position. What are the expectations? Get them in writing, number one. What did the last person do? This is number two. What did the last person do really well that was in this job? So you want to sort of get, you're getting into the head of the interviewer, right? And you're saying, I want to know what the, because whatever that last person, I don't care if you fired them, if you laid them off, if they quit, I want to know what they did well. So that when I go in, I'm going to do that part of their job really well too. And then the next one is the kicker. And you got to take notes when you're asking these questions. The third one, what would you like to see the new person in this position do better than the last person? 
So even if the last person left on great terms, you still want to know what are they looking for to up the ante because you want to come in, if you're hired for this position, you want to come in knowing what the last person did well to make sure you're going to do that, right? And then number two is what would they like to do the new person doing better? So you'll come in with this ammunition gang and you'll knock their socks off. I guarantee you it works. 1-800-548-8255. Robin O'Brien, my guest right now, author of the book, The Unhealthy Truth, How Our Food is Making Us Sick and What We Can Do About It. This person is endorsed by Dr. Oz. Uh, the New York Times said that she's Foods Aaron Brockovich. That's a pretty lofty title. I love that one. Uh, she, Robin's appeared on uh, Good Morning America, CNN, and uh, so many more places in the media. She's rocking this world, doing great work. Robin, welcome to the show. Hello, Robin. Well. Hi, are you there? Oh, uh, we got you, Robin. Good, 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 good. Hey, welcome. Well, thanks so much for your great work. Oh, well, you're very, very welcome. My Lord, I, I, I appreciate that. Let me ask you this. Of all the foods that are out there right now, what would be the three most damaging foods that people eat on a daily basis, and they probably look at it like it's all American food, this has got to be healthy. What would you say, Robin, would be three of the most dangerous and damaging foods that we eat on a regular basis? Well, the first thing I'm going to say is nobody wants to be told what to eat. I mean, I certainly didn't. You know, I grew up in Texas. I ate my fair share of Twinkies and Pull Boys. So I totally get the sensitivity around food. It's so much more than just food. I mean, it's cultural. It's family. It's economics. It's It can be religious. It can be so many different things. So to try to tell somebody what to eat is the last thing that I would ever want to do. I have a huge sensitivity to that because I truly believe diet is like religion and it's not one size fits all. But... That being said, like you mentioned, we have pumped a whole bunch of additives into the American food supply that other countries have just said, no way, jury's still out, has never been proven safe, we don't want it, and yet we introduced all these things into our foods. And, you know, as I share, I mean, my background was as a financial analyst that covered the food industry, so I get why we did it. I mean, you do that to manage margins so that you can have these more profitable companies. So I totally get why they do it use all these additives, use all these fake ingredients. But with the jury still out, you know, we're the only country that's kind of running this experiment on all of us, on all of our families, on all of our kids. And so, you know, I would say probably the biggest offender is this artificial growth hormone that we pump into cows to help them make more milk. Because when it was introduced in 1994, which was not that long ago, the right. United States, and this is so hard to hear, and sometimes even when I say it still, I can't believe it. The United States was the only developed country in the entire world that allowed for this artificial growth hormone to go into our dairy. And the reason was because it made the cows so sick that it resulted in all this increased drug use. It had, you know, mastitis, ovarian cysts, just this horrible list of conditions that started to impact these cows. And so every other country said, no way, we don't want to run that risk, and, and they never allowed it. So that very first thing... I would look for milk that's labeled RBGH free, which means it's free of that artificial growth hormone. Wow. And thankfully, Walmart, Safeway, Costco, Kroger's, Piggly Wiggly in the South, you can find milk that's labeled RBGH free. That'd be the first thing. The nice. second thing is if you have kids, these artificial colors, our own American companies have pulled artificial colors from the products they have in other countries. So if they're selling 
Skittles or M&M's or mac and cheese, it's not loaded and jacked up with all these artificial colors. And so they pulled those ingredients from, from the stuff they sell overseas, but not yet here. And the reason they did it is because of the link to hyperactivity. So anybody that's got kids, you're trying to dial that down. I mean, if you've got little boys that are up on the ceiling, you may want to think about dialing back those artificial colors. So switching from like blue yogurt to white yogurt with sprinkles. And then the last thing, you know, I would, I would simply try to focus on eating less fake food, eating less processed food, because that's where all of these things get pumped in. It's, it's just hopped up on these artificial colors, these artificial growth hormones, these artificial ingredients, and a lot of these new ingredients that have just been introduced in the last 10 or 15 years, which they're called genetically engineered ingredients, which is a fancy name for food that's just been hardwired to be totally soaked with chemicals and weed killers. So if you just dial back on processed food, maybe swap out, you know, the snack pack for an apple or, you know, trade in that that loaded up bar for a banana, you're going a long, long way to protecting the health of your family. One of the things I loved in your book is that, you know, you, you talked about how you slowly scaled with, with you, your husband, and your kids. You, you slowly scaled the food back. Like, you didn't come in as some Nazi food cop and say, oh, you know what? I've just found all this research out about X, so we're no longer going to eat that. But you ended up doing what you're saying right now. And that is a very cool way to moderately change children and your own eating habits, isn't it? Oh, totally. I mean, you know, I was busy serving up dinosaur nuggets and fluorescent mac and cheese and blue yogurt. I mean, I was the worst of the worst offender, and I did not want to be told how to feed my family. So, you know, all of a sudden I'm standing in the kitchen realizing that this stuff is in absolutely everything. And you have that moment of just complete paralysis where you think, oh, my gosh, what am I supposed to do? And you just want to throw your hands up in the air. And then all of a sudden I thought, you know, this is really about progress, not perfection. And I'm going to really try not to make the perfect the enemy of the good. And just as we potty train the kids or you wean them from a sippy cup, you know, or you learn anything. It doesn't happen overnight. And so I, you know, had to give myself permission to, to learn it the way we all learned how to read or the way we all learned how to, to ride a bike. I had to, I had to relearn how to feed my family. And so we did it in these baby steps. And it was, it was something that we could all digest as a family. You know, it was something that we could wrap our heads around. We didn't have mutiny at the kitchen table with the kids. You know, we could work it into the family budget. So it wasn't just, you know, this total shock that hit the system. It was just something that we really, we took these baby steps until we were up and running. Mm. A surprise to many people. Um, you believe regular soda is better than diet soda. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of water, um, to be totally <laughs> honest. But I think, right. you know, when you're looking at the ingredient list of, of food products, you want to see ingredients that you can recognize and that your grandmother would have recognized. Because a lot of this new stuff has been kind of pumped in in the last 20 years. And, and that's where the experiment is. You know, that's where we have all these chemicals. We don't know what the long-term impact is. We don't know what the combination of, of drinking and eating these things all mixed up together is going to do on us, on our kids, on our parents. And so if you're sticking to, you know, products that have sugar as opposed to some chemical additive that's designed to make it sweet, um, yeah, I would, you know, I would be inclined. Although, you know, you have to recognize, again, diet is like religion. It's not one size fits all. The obesity statistics are so jaw-dropping, and the diabetes statistics are so jaw-dropping that sometimes you just kind of numb out. I mean, right now, the kids that were born in the year 2000, which is this year's seventh graders, one in three of those Caucasian kids and one in two minority kids are expected to be insulin-dependent by the time they reach adulthood. So, Mm -hmm. you know, 
it, again, it's it's you know let's let's try to get let's try to get water fountains into the schools, right. um, and so that people have the option and they have the choice, recognizing that today, you know, especially with this generation of kids that has earned the title of Generation RX. I mean, we're all juggling a whole bunch of different conditions and a whole bunch of di- different situations that that flat out didn't exist a decade ago or two. Robin, isn't it true, too, that like when when people get, you know, they say they're addicted to Diet Coke or Diet Pepsis or something like that, that it's not just the caffeine in the Diet Coke, but it's also the artificial sweetener that creates the dependency. Isn't that true? Yeah, I mean, there are, you know, their entire books have been written about that. A former FDA commissioner named David Kessler just wrote a phenomenal book about exactly that. And, you know, again, if I was sitting on the board of, say, a beverage company, I'd be totally psyched about that because their job is to sell as many of those sodas as they can possibly sell. That is what those executives right. are hired to do. And so, you know, again, if you get people hooked on your product in whatever way, you know, then that's going to help that's going to help drive profitability. And so technically nobody's doing anything wrong. You know, is there full transparency? Is there full disclosure? Mm, Probably not to the level that the consumer would like to see given, you know, the conditions that are now impacting our families, given the rates of cancer. I mean, cancer is the leading cause of death by disease in kids under the age of 15, one in Mm. two men and one in three women are expected to get it in their lifetime. I mean, those, those numbers are hard and real numbers out of the American um, cancer society. And so, you know, as we start to learn all of this, sure, it's stuff where you're kind of like, oh, I really don't want to know this because it really hurts to hear. But at the same time, it also hurts when these loved ones are suddenly hit with these conditions and hit with these diseases. And I think to suddenly realize that there is so much that we can do and it's, you know, it's not going to be one size fits all. And, and correlation is definitely not causation. And is the junk in the food the only thing contributing to these diseases? No way. But if we are the only country that has allowed for all of these things into our food, when there was evidence that they may cause harm, you know, it's a great place to start just in your kitchen and with your grocery cart um, to start to make these changes. We're talking with Robin O'Brien, the name of the book, The Unhealthy Truth, How Our Food is Making Us Sick and What We Can Do About It. Robin, hang right in there. We're going to go to a quick break. We're going to come back and talk more about food choices and you for not only the future in regards to the potential of decreasing some of these diseases caused by the overconsumption of certain foods, but also what about energy and better sleep and less bloating and all that kind of stuff that we know can be linked to the foods that we're eating on a regular basis. 1-800-548-8255. You are tuned in to America's Positive Radio Talk Show, XM Satellite Radio 168, streaming worldwide at talkdavid.com. 800-548-8255. Stay right there. Rocking our way across the USA every Saturday from 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Welcome aboard. David Essel in the box. America's positive radio talk show. 1-800-548-8255. Celebrating 21 years in talk radio. And we're doing it tonight with Robin O'Brien, author of the book, The Unhealthy Truth, How Our Food is Making Us Sick and What We Can Do About It. Robin, in, at the at the top of our of our interview, we talked about looking for milk that was RBGH free, the growth hormone free. 
If someone, now we're talking about cows, so obviously beef. Is there beef out there that people could buy that is also hormone-free, growth hormone-free? Well, you know, the thing you're always going to be looking for are added growth hormones, and it's a big distinguishing point because obviously, you know, any animal is going to have a certain level of hormones in it. But, yes, exactly. I mean, what we're realizing is that in order to drive profitability and drive down cost of production, a lot of stuff's just been pumped into our food. And so, you know, the the kind of end result is, yeah, it may make food cheap, but it may also be making healthcare pretty darn expensive when you look at the rates of disease. And so yeah. you, know, you kind of step back from that, and this is something we had to go through personally where you're like, wow, I, I actually have a choice. I can manage my health better at the grocery store, or I can get really busy managing disease at the doctor's office, which is kind of where we were with the kids. And, again, it's, it's not one size fits all, and it's sort of a spectrum, and everybody's going to go along at their own pace. But when you really start to focus on how, how hopped up our food supply now is on all of these artificial ingredients, whether it's artificial growth hormones or all the antibiotics that now get pumped into these animals to help them grow quickly, you know, um, there mm-hmm. are so many things that we can do to, to just, you know, take that one step, do one thing, to focus on one thing that you want to kick out of your, your family's food, you know, for the month. And it's great, you know, take it over the school year, take it over the course of the year. You know, you want to get rid of high fructose corn syrup. That was introduced in the 1970s. You know, it wasn't until the 1980s that Coke and Pepsi made one fell swoop and kicked out sugar and replaced it with high fructose corn syrup. It's pretty darn new. So, you know, you can have a month where that's going to be your focus. Maybe the next month is that artificial growth hormone. Maybe the next month is these artificial colors. And always focusing on not making the perfect the enemy of the good and that this is so much about progress, not perfection. Yeah. And then and then if, if someone was in a grocery store, on the package of chicken or beef, would it say added growth hormone free? Exactly. It'll say no added growth hormones or no, you know, or antibiotic mm. free, you know, and it'll it'll specifically address it. And I think what's fascinating is I was coming into all of this, you know, I kept seeing that USDA organic label and totally to be completely honest, it drove me nuts because it was always so much more expensive. So all of a right. sudden, you know, the kind of the financial analyst in me went off and I wanted to know why, why that business model is it so much more expensive. And the reason is because by law, they are required to adhere to this higher production standard, which is kind of more reminiscent of the way our grandparents ate, which means by law, they're not allowed to include any of these extra things. So they've got to take extra care of those animals in the first place to make sure they don't get sick. They've got to feed them foods to make sure that they're not going to get sick. And so they have this higher level of production, which, you know, ultimately that flows through the entire thing. The second part about it that made it so expensive, which to me was just mind-blowing, because as a national family, all of the money that we put into our national family budget, you know, as taxpayers, Right. That, that money is being used to grow these foods with all these chemicals, you know, in this really chemically mm-hmm. intensive way. And then the farmers that are growing things without them, which by law is, you know, now titled organic, which if you think about it, that's just what our grandparents <laughs> food, you know. I mean, they're growing right. stuff organically, and, and they have to prove that it's safe, and they are charged fees, and they have these labeling costs. And, you know, as I learned that, I thought, as a national family, sitting down to our national dinner table, would any of us want it this way? Right, you know, Robin, hang in there. We have more break. We have another break we have to go to, but we're going to come back with Robin O'Brien. More questions that are going to answer maybe the questions that are running through your head right now. What are some more choices I can make, healthier choices to decrease the chance of disease and increase the chance of my health? Decrease some of the things that people live with every day, bloating, constipation, all kinds of stuff that could be related to your food choices. There are options. I'm David Essel. Stay right there. Cross me from the cold. 
Just when I was low, feeling short of stable, all the chin tins. And all she keeps inside is in on the label. She's the she's the she's America's positive. Radio talk show bringing you information every Saturday for three solid hours to help you get off the fence in life and make decisions that are the best for you, your family, your mind, your body, your spirit, your finances, and more. David Essel in the box with you. Studio E, Los Angeles, California is where we broadcast live out of 1 800 548-8255, If you miss a show or you want to go back and listen to like this show right now with, with Robin O'Brien again, or maybe you have friends that you want them to hear this show, go to iTunes slash David Essel Alive and you can listen to a ton of past shows. So you don't have to miss any. Thanks to Will Wilkerson who puts them up every weekend. 1-800-548-8255. Robin O'Brien is my guest. The book, The Unhealthy Truth, How Our Food is Making Us Sick and What We Can Do About It. And Robin, this all started with your daughter's allergic reaction to eggs, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I was so clueless and I was so insensitive to the whole food allergy thing. You know, I rolled my eyes at all of it and just dismissed it. Because like <laughs> so many people, I mean, I hadn't known anybody with food allergies. And I thought, you know, like, how can a kid be allergic to food? You need food. You know, it was, it was almost so hard to believe. Um, and it was truly, you know, when she had that allergic reaction that morning, I was so clueless that I looked at the other three and I said, you know, what did you put in her face? And got these blank stares back, you know. So we raced to the pediatrician and she starts rattling off all this stuff on food allergies. And really at that point... You know, these numbers are going off in my head, and the analytical side of me is just like, I, you know, I, I've, got to, I've got to somehow process these numbers because numbers tell their own story. And at that point, that's when I started learning this data about this generation of kids and how they've earned the title Generation Rx, you know, how there's been a 265% increase in the rate of hospitalizations related to food allergic reactions. So that's people checked into the ER, 265%. There's one in 17 kids under the age of three, at the very minimum, have now a food allergy. And there's been a doubling of the peanut allergy from 1997 until 2002. You know, genes don't change that quickly. The environment does. And so to me, it just begs this question, you know, what's changed? And when you realize that a food allergy is when you see food as foreign and your body kind of has this inflammatory response to really drive out that foreign invader, you know, right. it just begs the question, you know, is there something foreign in our food that wasn't there when we were kids? And, you know, you, there, there certainly is. In the last 20 and 30 years, I mean, it has just been this incredible industrialization that's happened to our food system, and it has done amazing things and afforded incredible opportunity. But at the same time, what we're learning is that we don't have the long-term trials. These toxicity studies weren't done. And now all of a sudden we've got this, this generation of kids and, you know, a lot of adults, a lot of Americans, 41% of us are expected to get cancer in our lifetime. You know, suddenly we're dealing with this burden of disease. And I think this whole food awakening we're starting to see, you know, for some of us, you know, some people jump right in. They're totally psyched to be doing it. For, for people like me, it was, it was really hard. It was hard to hear. It was painful mm. to learn that, you know, I'd fed my family these things. And so I had to go at it at a much slower, gentler pace. Now, if someone and I don't, I know we can't give a hundred percent certainty with this answer. I'm asking, I'm going to ask you of Robin. But if someone has a food allergy to eggs, uh, or I know your one of you know your one of your sons had a food allergy to yogurt or milk products, um, if they were to consume organic foods, uh, organic eggs or organic milk products, 
would they be able to handle that because it doesn't have all the crap in it? Or, it, you know, or if they have... A, it's a, that is a great question. It was one of the first questions that I asked. And obviously, I don't have a medical background, but I have an, assembled just this incredible team of doctors and scientists that I've been working with over the last several years. And I went to them and I said, you know, is my kid with a milk allergy allergic to the milk that we all grew up drinking or are they allergic to these new proteins? You know, is a kid with a soy allergy allergic to the soy that's been around for thousands of years? Right. The soy ingredient that got introduced in 1996 that now makes soy able to withstand just, you know, incredible doses of weed killer. And these allergists just looked at me with that same blank stare. And they had no mm. idea. They were like, we don't mm. have that level of testing. We don't know. And so, you know, in working with different doctors, um, you know, there are amazing doctors around the country who have really addressed this. Dr. Frank Lippman, there are amazing children's doctors and specialists that have addressed this. I think the easiest way to kind of wrap your head around it is to think we pump all these additives and all these new chemicals into our food supply. And all that goes through our digestive tract like pipes, you know. And if you have chemicals going through pipes, it's going to corrode the pipes. And what the Mm -hmm. doctors are saying is you get that stuff back out, you get that junk back out of your pipes, and it lets your pipes heal and it lets, you know, lets them process food the way we would think of food, you know, the way our grandmothers would talk about food. And so, again, it is not one size fits all. It is absolutely something that you have got to see a doctor about. But more and more doctors are stepping up and saying, you know, hey, it just makes a lot of sense to eat fewer chemicals. Right, 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 right. And then with your children, were they, you know, with your daughter with the eggs and your son with the milk products, were they able to go to the organic version and be okay or no? Yeah, we did. You know, we we made a really gradual shift, um, and and we kept them off of it for a while. You know, we worked with allergists the whole way through, um, so this wasn't some you know home experiment or anything. You know, we really right. made a concerted effort to clean the junk out of the the kids' food. But again, you know, I was so compartmentalized when I was doing this that it was that little one that had had the food allergy, and I can remember standing in front of the milk case and getting the milk that was RBGH free for her. And still buying the regular stuff for the other kids thinking they're fine. You know, like I was that compartmentalized. It was that bad. And all of a sudden I had this moment where I'm like, what am I doing? You know, and it was that gradual that we made this shift. But it's why I'm so sensitive for how hard it can be because I was that compartmentalized. But we did make that shift. And as we got the junk out of their food, you know, again, I'm an analyst. I am number crunching. And so I wanted to pull the pediatrician reports and the billing that we'd have from the pediatrician and, and kind of mark it against what we were doing different with the um, way we were shopping at the grocery store. And it was pretty amazing, you know, and it really, you really do have a choice. You can pay right. for health at the grocery store or you can pay for disease at the doctor's office. Yeah. You know, and, and when I look, when I go grocery shopping and I look at organic bananas versus other, you know, the regular bananas, the, the prices in a lot of these aren't that much more, Robin. I know. You know, in some cases, there is a dramatic difference, and in other cases, there aren't. And, you know, we kind of ate a little bit less meat so that we could afford more produce. You know, we kind of made these shifts. But, you know, things like rice and beans, no, there's really not that big of a difference. Um, And, again, the more that there is consumer demand, the more that we vote with with our dollars and with our grocery cards, even if it's just one thing. And I think that's the most important thing to stress is just if it's just one thing that you want to shift and do differently, do that one thing. Because we're a nation of 300 million eaters, and we like to eat. And those changes add up. And what's so fascinating is that these big food companies, you know, the ones that everybody wants to paint as the bad guy, they've got kids with autism and allergies, and they've got family members with cancer, too. And they are trying 
to do the right thing. And so the more that they can hear from the consumer that, hey, you know, I'm trying to eat differently and, and I don't want all that junk, they're going to respond to that because, again, that's their job to respond to the market-driven demand. Right, right on, right on. Robin O'Brien has been our guest. The name of the book, The Unhealthy Truth, How Our Food is Making Us Sick and What We Can Do About It. Go to her website. It's robinobrien.com, Robin with a Y and O'Brien with an I-E-N, robinobrien.com. Check it out, information there for you. And the book, as I said to you earlier, ladies and gentlemen, gives you options of how to make that transition, which I think is one of the most powerful parts of the book. Uh, Not only does she go back into the research and explain what why we're having the issues we're having with food right now, but also gives you an outline of what you can do to slowly make the transition. It was I love the book, Robin. It was fabulous. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. And I'm glad that you had a chance to be on the air with us. And I would like to have you back because there's so many more questions we can go over. And I hope in the future we'll be able to do that. Well, I just think the work you're doing is so important because as I came through it, I thought, you know, really what we're charged with is to try to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. And I just think that is so incredibly important, and I love what you do. Oh, thank you, Robin. Thank you. And you have a beautiful night, and we will talk soon. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. Let me make this statement that we make on a regular basis, gang. At any time in life, you can turn it all around. We're just talking with Robin O'Brien about our health. If you're talking about your financial situation, your love relationship, maybe you're going through some kind of health struggle, but at any given time, you can turn it all around. Now, it may take a team. She mentioned the word team a couple minutes ago. It might take a team. It may take reaching out and asking people for advice, asking people for support. It might take that, and more often than not, it will to see dramatic changes in your life. But I hope that this show is going to be one of those springboards for you to sit to think, to act. Right after these messages, we continue with so much more. Glad to have you with us. David Essel in the box every Saturday, XM Satellite Radio 168, America's Positive Radio Show, 1-800-548-8255. Stay right there. In the box with you every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. David Essel saying hello and welcome. And so glad you're taking some time to be with us. 1-800-548-8255. Got a question about online dating. I love these questions. Uh, this can be tricky stuff, gang. Very, very tricky stuff. Uh, they've been communicating for six months, but because they don't live in the same state, they haven't met yet. They've uh, communicated via Skype, phone, texting, but I got to tell you, I, we, we have rules. <laughs> we have rules when it comes to online dating that we work with all of our clients with, and let me tell you what they are. If you're local, meaning a couple-hour drive, we tell people two weeks at the most before you meet. I'm going to tell you why in a minute. But if you're local, if you're within the same state or a couple-hour drive, we say never wait more than two weeks once you've talked on the phone several times to meet. Number two, if you're out of state, 
Never wait more than four weeks. And I know you're probably sitting there going, what? That's crazy. He lives in California. I live in New York. How would that happen? And I'm going to tell you, we have seen and received emails, and you have probably heard the same stories of so much insanity with online dating, even with Skype and everything else. You don't know a person's energy until you're in front of them and spend some time with them. You don't know how they treat waiters and waitresses and gas station attendants, and you don't know how they treat the the on the street, on the poor, or, or drivers in front of them going. So you don't know the person. It's insane to wait. It's insane. I am not kidding you. you. We have no clue of who someone is. I don't care if on Skype you get a chance to see their their hand movements and body language and whatever, or texting or sexting or whatever else you're doing. We don't know the person until we're in front of them and spending time with them. And you can waste, like the, the, these people that wrote in, six months. To, that's insane. The odds of relationships working when you don't even know how the person reacts in public, what they're like out, do they drink too much, do they not drink at all and they're hung up about drinking, what is it about that person that you don't know? It's about 90% that you don't know as long as you keep it safe on the phone, texting, and Skype. Jump. Run, borrow the money, <laughs> do whatever you have, but don't be fooled and lulled into the fantasy that we create via phone and all that other type of stuff. Um, hey, listen, if you're not involved with the David Live VIP texting, speaking of texting, texting club, join right now. I'm going to give you the number. I'm going to tell you how to join. We, we pay for the, we pay for uh, what, what we do, right? Like uh, some people are getting charged texting. If, if you have to pay for every text you get, you're going to have to pay for a text. But if you get your texts unlimited, we take care of our end of it, which means we're going to send you a video and audio once a week that will inspire you to keep going for your dreams in life. David Essel Alive, VIP Texting Club. Here, This is what you do. Type in the number 69302. So the number you're going to text to is 69302. Then in the message box, type in Talk David. That's the message. Talk David. Hit send. Every Saturday, you'll get another free gift from us helping you to stay on your path to be more successful in life. So here it is again, the number, 69302. That's the text number, 69302. Type in the word Talk David. Hit send. Bingo, you're with us. <laughs> um, okay, no, more email. Another email came in uh, saying, I I have a, a love partner that I've been in a relationship with for six months now, and I want to go deeper. How do I go deeper in this relationship? And that's not a bad question. You know, some people might roll their eyes and go, what do you mean go deeper? No. Do you know that someone in a relationship for six months often isn't very deep at all? More often than not, it's kind of shallow still at six months. And why is that? Because we're afraid of rejection. I know people, I work with people that have been in relationships for 2, 10, 15, 20 years that their partner, they still couldn't say to their partner that they have bad breath. Or they couldn't say to their partner something about, um, you know, the way that they, uh, that they're late all the time. Like they couldn't actually have sit down and have a conversation and say, can we work on this? And that's at two years, 10 years or 20 years. You know, telling someone, you know, your dandruff really bothers me. Can we do something about it? And they look at me and go, no, I could never say that to my partner. 
then we haven't gone deep enough in the relationship. Or maybe there's something you're doing. Maybe you're pulling some passive-aggressive moves. You know, Maybe when you get upset with your partner, you're not picking up the phone because you're upset, and that's a way to get back at them. And instead of doing that, we need to pick up the phone and say, you know what, I'm really upset with you. I'm going to have to talk to you later on because I'm just not happy right now. Instead of not picking up the phone and pretending we're busy when we're watching it ring, that's deepening the relationship. Saying things that you might be afraid that your partner might not like. Maybe saying to your partner, you know, on Friday nights, man, we're drinking way too much. But see, in the first six months or 20 years, sometimes people don't say those things. So if you want to go deeper, if you want to know if you're going deeper in your love relationship, you'd be willing to talk about topics that scare you. You'd be willing to talk about things that they may not be happy to hear. That's how we know if we're going deeper in our love relationship. I love that topic. That topic is so cool. And do you know why? Because it's so hard to do. It is so hard to do, isn't it? I mean, we sit there going, oh, I couldn't tell him that he has bad breath. I couldn't tell her her dandruff bothers me. I couldn't tell him that when we make love that I'm very rarely satisfied because he's too hard, too fast, too soft, too something. And see, that's the line that differentiates a deepening love relationship, or one that's stale, that's plateaued. So think about it. And you know what? Email me at talkdavid.com. If you have questions about this, this is sensitive stuff. It's not easy, especially if we've never done it in our lives. And all of a sudden, you're hearing it now for the first time. You're going, oh, my God, I could never do that. Well, you could, and we can help you. Um, hey, I want to also tell you, once uh, uh, once or twice a month, we have an opening with our Master Mentor Program. We only take one or two new clients a month because we only take 12 per year. So as a client ends their 12 months with us, their 52 weeks of the program, a slot opens up to take a brand new person. So if you're interested in working with me one-on-one for 52 weeks, do you, th- do you think you can handle David Essel every week for 52 weeks? Well, if you're of the mindset that you say, I really want to radically change my business or my income or my relationship, or I want to get really fully free of this addiction or my body, the Master Mentor Program is really the program for you. It's We only take 12 people a year, so one slot opens a month, sometimes two slots open a month, but this is the highest form of accountability we have. We have testimonials we could send you. Uh, it is first come, first serve. Every month, the first two people that get in are usually the only two people we can take. So if you're ready to achieve your greatest goals in life, email us at talkdavid.com, and we will send you all the information. Just go to talkdavid.com, send us an email for the Master Mentor Program, and we will rock it. And when I send you the testimonials, you'll go, oh, my Lord. This is too cool because it is too cool. Um, let me go for something right now with, with goal setting. This is so important. So many times people say, you know, I want to accomplish these three goals. Can you help me out? I want to make more money. I want to lose weight. And I really want to save my marriage or deepen my my love relationship. And we give the same answer every time. We can only work on one goal at a time. Isn't that interesting? Because you'll see programs out there and you maybe have worked with people that have said, no, we can do that. We can do that. We can't. You have to choose one massive goal to go after at a time. Don't get distracted. 
by trying to go after more than one goal at a time because that's what multiple goals are. They're distractions. What happens is you start trying to make more money and you're not seeing the results in 60 days and all of a sudden you go, you know what? I need to lose weight. And you switch goals. And then the weight's not coming off and you go, you know, it's not about the weight. It's about my love life. Don't fall victim. Please. One major goal at a time. And anyone asks you, tell them you heard it right here on David Essel Live. Hey, special thanks to the gang who rocks every weekend getting the show together. Nathan Staten, the engineer. Will Wilkerson, segment producer. April O'Leary, the guest producer. Deborah Grobman, brand manager. Vivi, posting on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and more. David Essel Live can be heard around the world online. Online streaming powered by Error FM Live at errorfm.com. Gang, be strong, be powerful, be positive, and don't let go of your goal. Be a Doberman on a bone, baby. I'm David Essel. (laughs) See you next week.